0: What is up, people, and thank you so much for listening in to this edition of the New Generation Hero Talk podcast. is our very special Crisis on Infinite Earths review show, so I hope you guys will enjoy this one. Um, This is is a long time coming. You know, we've been talking about these crossovers for the past several years, but this is by far the most ambitious crossover that uh, CW has done. This is going to absolutely change the, as we see already, it's changing the status quo for the Arrowverse. Which has been obviously created by um, uh, Greg Valanti and Mark Guggenheim and already like I said there' have already been mass massive changes um, we're expecting more massive changes after this uh, this this thing ends, but this was the event that they've been pretty much gearing us up for ever since the end of Elseworlds last year and this year um, the roster of people that they're implementing <laughs> is even bigger uh, we have you've seen. Superman, we've seen even in Batman. Um uh so this should be a fascinating episode. Uh a lot has happened, so I wanna get right to it, but joining me first are my co-hosts starting with Shamari Stewart. Shamari, uh just how do you feel just coming out of these first three episodes that we've seen from Crisis?
1: Uh I have a lot of mixed emotions. Um so I I feel good on some th- good on some things, not so good on other things. So it should be interesting to talk about to go through everything that happened, um, but yeah, I would say so far it di- I would say it did not meet my expectations, which is not a good thing. Um, but I don't think it was terrible. I don't think it was as bad as uh, I guess some other crossovers maybe would have been, or or as bad as other as bad as it possibly could have been. But I thought some things I thought they did well. Mm -hmm. but in other things I thought they did not do as well. So uh, I look forward to get it. I'm looking forward to getting into that.
0: Kendall joins me as well. And Kendall, I think what Shamari said is kind of really, it, it, you know, I don't know how you feel about it, but it it is kind of, it does mirror kind of what we talked about with the hour verse, pretty much since it began that, um, it's somewhat of a miss bag. there are elements of it that you watch and you're like man this is really cool and this is really great it's crazy you're even seeing them attempt this and to some degree you almost have to give them respect for attempting to do these kind of things they do on a week-to-week basis and now with this major event but at the same time you do have those things that kind of crack your head make you get frustrated and, and it make you unhappy um where did you stand uh quickly before we get into a, a bigger review uh what did you stand on that spectrum with this uh with this event
2: yeah I mean crisis is uh, you know like you said we've been talking about this for over a year now so it's it's something that we've uh, definitely been excited about but uh, I'm not as negative uh, only because I mean it's not over yet so I have to see the way it ends but um, so far definitely are there definitely have been some elements that I've that I've enjoyed Um, Mm -hmm. haven't been too many things that I've been too upset about but uh, There's still time, you know, <laughs> still time uh, on both ends. So uh, I don't know. You know, it, it's been fun, but we'll we'll, we'll discuss it uh, at length coming up.
0: Yep. So this uh this event, they did the first three episodes in December this, this past week, 2019. The last two episodes of the event will take place uh, next year, technically, uh, but it'll be in January. So, you know, people get panicked and you have to wait till next December, uh, just at the turn of the new year. January um, 14th will be the part four of this, uh, of this crossover, and part five will be um, also on January 14th, I believe, so it'll be a two-parter, so you only have to wait two nights to see the conclusion. So, um, But they couldn't that at sem- a semi-midpoint um, here, and um, but let's, let's get to the big parts, the big elements of this uh, crossover. So, I think, if you're talking about the first episode, the biggest thing was the decision to kill off oliver queen but i put that in quotation marks because we watched it together as a group and you know basically as we've seen these uh it it was what it was and the idea that look we knew based on the money they spent with the cameos with the big appearances with the big ensemble cast that um cgi and and might you know come into play and, and and the budget restraints might come into play i think in the first episode it did i think it did come into play when it came to how Doc oliver ended up going out but i think that anyone objective would have to admit that that was a very very gutsy move to take out the number one player in this entire um not only just an entire event because he's the person that's kind of been driving this story he's been the person that's made this deal with the mind or he's been the one hero that's really worked closely with the monitor since Elseworlds ended um, to take him off the board in the first episode. Now, I will get into what happened in the subsequent episodes that I'll already admit that I didn't like. But when it happened, I got to admit, I thought it was good. I thought it was powerful. I I, I would have, I kind of hoped they would have made his death a little more clear in terms of like seeing what happened to him like i think because of the budget restraints and and having him just kind of fight a a, a kind of ward of monsters it was unclear what they even did to him that ended up killing him Uh, to me i think that it's kind of clear what happened uh you know like basically he was one on a million and they beat him up a lot and then by the time they took him out it was too late his body had suffered too much but I, I think because you you know it's kind of like you don't know what those people do. They're kind of just throwing him around. I didn't really even to me like I knew it was a tense moment, but to me the dire the the dire nature of the situation didn't really dawn on me until like everyone else is on the tape, looking at him on the table, being like, "Oh my God, he's he's gonna die!" Like, and I was like, "Oh, I guess this is really serious." So while that was that could have been executed a little better, I think they do win a lot of points for me. For the emotion of the moment. I can't help but admit that. It was emotional for me to see Oliver Queen. Go out. Saving as many people as he can. Regardless of what the plan was for him in the monitor. And you know. What the situation was. And how he planned to go out in this grand scheme. He he was a hero to the very end. In terms of just. Putting his life on the line. To save the people that were in of his world. And then his uh, tearful goodbye. To Mia. To... Um, Barry, I thought it was really solid. I think that, for me, the only thing I... Like, I thought that was fantastic. Not even just solid. I thought that that stuff was really emotional. I think that Diggle should have been there, but we'll get to later on what happens with all that. That was something I thought was clearly missing, that the fact that there were no Team Arrow people around when he died. But other than that, though, I thought it was a pretty great move. I thought it was a really shocking decision. I don't think anyone thought that Arrow, that Oliver rather could be killed in the first episodes. So when that happened, it was bold and it was shocking. For a, a, a crossover that I think a lot of people will feel like they can kind of anticipate how it's gonna go, that was something that no one could have expected. So I gotta give them points for that. What do you say, Sham? Um, I,
1: I thought that was, uh, I agree. I thought it, I thought the moment itself was impactful. I didn't see it coming. I didn't see him dying in the first episode. Um, I would say uh, at first I was not Thrilled about it just because of how it happened. Kind of like how you said he's finding a bunch of ghosts and, you know, where did these ghosts come from? A lot of what kind of, a lot of kind of what happened in the first episode was very unexplained, um, which I mean, it's crisis. I mean, a lot of it is kind of weird and random anyway. But like the tower comes out of nowhere and it's like, what is this? Where did this come from? And then these ghosts are swirling all over the place. I'm like, what are they? Where did they come from? there kind of wasn't really a good explanation for that. Or they, if they did, it was kind of like a throwaway line. And I'm like, so what are they fighting? You know, I don't even know what's happening. You know, and then, you know, he dies. I'm like, geez, this is how... I, At first, my, my first response was, geez, he died fighting these things. What are they? I don't even know what these things are. You know, like, I I, I had anticipated him dying in some other... I mean, he did... They they emphasized the fact that he saved so many other lives, which is great. Um, But, you know, I would have rather he died fighting some kind of fo- a foe that I, like would understand on some level i don't even I, don't, I haven't i haven't the slightest clue what actually killed him i don't know what those things are what their goals are or anything so it's very very uh so i wasn't thrilled about that um but i thought his death uh overall the scene of him dying i thought was very touching amel knocks all of the scenes out of the park and i like um uh, uh what's her name is it kate mcnamara is that her name yeah yes um so i thought she and i think she's a, i think she's doing it fantastic job i know a, a lot of people apparently don't like her that much for some reason but i think she's doing a great job personally um so you know i thought she did a fantastic job and i kind of i actually feel um i wouldn't say i feel differently opposite of you ej with regards to team arrow but i kind of did like how they added diggle later on and he's like well why wasn't i there what happened and he's kind of upset and i'm like oh yeah that's that's actually really co- pretty cool how they did that so i didn't mind it as much that no one else was there but um, you know, overall, that's how I feel. I wasn't thrilled at first, but I kind of like what they did later on. What about you, Kendall?
2: Um, I think Shamar hit the nail on the head when he talked about like it, I think this was less about the opponent than and more about the sacrifice aspect of it. Um, I don't think it hit the way they thought it would, at least for me, and I think for for you guys as well. Um, I think when you realize it's gonna happen then the the energy kind of then you feel it but in the moment you don't really like you said you kind of don't know what's happening until it happens until like you can tell he's about to go and it's like all right you know but um i don't know i i think it was like you just said it was surprising uh that he would that they would it's not surprising they would get rid of oliver queen but it's surprising that they would do it in the first episode of a five-part crossover so that was a little uh that was definitely a little bit of a twist. Um, but we also, I think, all kind of realized it wouldn't be the last time that we would see him. So, uh, And once you get to episode three, then that it becomes more clear what his fate is. But, um, but no, I, I think I, 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 it's tough for me. To, but that's why it's tough for me to say that they dropped the ball because, like I said, it, it's not over. And, you know, that first episode, in the moment, I was a little... Surprise! I was a little not loving the idea, but you know, as we get to episode three and it starts to make more sense, and you know, so that's the thing with this entire crossover is that while yes, these episodes are episodes, and you know, they are split in, they are split into different episodes, and each episode is a different show, and so they're gonna have a different, a different level of feels and different characters, and also some episodes gonna be better than others, but um, it's still a, it's still a linear. Story, so um, I, I think once by the time we get to
0: the end of episode three, I think they handled the Oliver Queen situation pretty well. That's actually pretty ironic because I, I completely disagree with where Oliver's story has gone since his death. But we'll talk about that um, a little later. Uh, you you can Shamar you mentioned kind of feeling like episode one went too unexplored. Well, before I even get to the rest of that as well, the only thing that I also thought helped his death for me hit well was I really did think they set it up really nicely with the moment of him giving the, you know, the hood, and well, not the hood, but the, the costume and the arrows to his daughter. The moment where mm-hmm. Sarah goes into a future earth, finds Oliver and tells him like uh, how much of a hero, how much of a father, how much of a husband he becomes and how much that, how much that meant to Oliver in his heart of hearts. Even an olive from a different world, that's all he ever wanted. And he wasn't able to attain it in a different earth. And you could see it's, it has crushed him. And to hear that he was able to actually do that, maybe not in this world, but in a different world with better circumstances, that it would work, that, that it was, in the end, it was the right decision. And him and Sarah going on that boat, in the end of the day, it worked out great for them in one uh, version of the story, not the tragic version that he had to live through. Those moments I thought were really. There were a highlights of the episode to me. Those, like, maybe not necessarily the the mental passing. I thought that was crucial to make the last scene work. But that scene with him and Sarah, besides his death, I think was by far the best scene of the episode. And that, I think, led up well to his death. Because then when that happens, you realize that thing that he cares about so much, being a hero, being a husband, being a father, he now has to sacrifice all of that for the sake of the entire universe. And how much of this painful decision that has to be for him that we see a little bit later on as well in this crossover. I thought those instances definitely helped set up um, his death. But let's before we go more into Oliver, I'm sure we'll talk a lot about Oliver over the course of this pod. Um, I do want to talk about what Mario was mentioning, kind of how the episode played out, that first one. So when you're talking about uh, the idea that everything kind of seemed a little random, I think that's true. The question becomes, how much do I give them rope for, considering they have a limited amount of time, and a lot of this stuff, I almost feel like they would have been better off having those other shows lead in more into crisis than they did. I feel like a lot of this stuff could have been explained in episodes of Black Lightning, in episodes of Arrow. Not Arrow. is the only episode show that really has taken this head on. But episode like in Flash, we're wasting our time with this stupid blood war guy. And like, maybe those towers that came out of nowhere and we didn't know what they were, and they did like the Monarch has a throwaway line about, oh, those towers are there to protect us from the, the waves. How, don't worry about why or how they just popped up out of nowhere. Just trust me, they'll work. Like, maybe if you set those up in other shows, those don't become as random. Like, for example, when people watch like something like in in a Infinity War or Endgame, like, yeah, if you didn't see, like, um what's the movie? The Ragnarok. Infinity War starts off really weird. You don't know what the hell is going on, but like, you if you, you I think they needed a little bit of a help to set up some of this stuff to make it work instead of having to kind of just throw them out there and say, "All right, we're in it. We can't. We don't have time to explain why. We got to get this done in five episodes." I think that could have helped them. What do you guys think?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it, I think it could have helped as well. Um, I mean, I just feel like some kind of uh, a better setup or just a. Yeah, basically what you're saying, where they could have used some of those episodes to set it up. Um, uh, Actually, I like what they did with the Flash for the most part. When it comes to what happened in Crisis, I didn't really have any issue with anything they did with anyone on Team Flash. Um, You know, so they actually, you know, I feel like everything that happened to Team Flash was good. But I agree. They could have used some of those blood work episodes. You know how, and I mean, I'm gonna make it very known how I feel about blood work <laughs> when we re- re- start reviewing the Flash again. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, they could have used some of that time to set some of this other stuff up with Crisis. I mean, instead of just having, uh, having the monitors show up at random times talking about how Crisis is coming, maybe do some of this other stuff. Have this explain what the plan is. Maybe I know that's not what he's supposed to do, but. I mean, it, it all seemed very haphazard. And maybe it's on purpose, because I know that's what this the monitor is supposed to be. He's supposed to be a guy that just shows up and doesn't explain right. what's going on, but just has you, has you do things for him. Yes. But in the first episode, it just was so crazy that it was hard to really... It was hard to, like, really enjoy the crossover, because there was no explanation for anything. It was just... The crisis is here the worlds are disappearing and monsters are showing up and, and by the way a fight.
0: A, by the way there's an anti-monitor like i don't even know if they have even brought him yeah. up <laughs> in these other yeah, episodes they you know they didn't they, bring him up at they've all. said anti-matter but like he's never explained like how is this happening and i was like this is the first time we learned about him yeah. i think even that was also not the best ha- handled i think that could have been handled much better as well
1: yeah yep yeah
2: i'm absolutely in agreement yeah, you know, a lot of it, I think, comes down to, I think, Greg Berlanti uh, had to really... It's a balance, man. It's a tough balance to say to yourself, we're going to do this crossover and we're going to put a lot of time and energy into it and bring it up and kind of try and develop it all season, but at the same time, like, not have your whole season revolved around this one crossover and still try and build each individual season in their own right, Um I think they try their best to balance the two of them. Um, I think where you guys have your frustrations is that I don't think you guys like very much the story that they're trying to tell in general. Uh, so, like, part of it's like, well, if we're gonna waste time with someone like Bloodwork, you might as well have gave us more on Crisis. Sure. You know, that would have at least helped the story. You know, um so I, I I agree with it. I agree with you guys on that in that regard, but um but yeah, no, I mean, it's a tough balance. you know, I think they tried, we have higher expectations for this one than than years past, so like That's uh, true. you know, they kind of they haven't really handled it. They've honestly given it more, you know more time than any other crossover in years past in terms of you know the episodes prior, but it's still, you know, it's still probably not enough. For what they're kind of assuming that we know, you know, like, you know, for like, for the average person, the anti monitor showing up is kind of random. And you may not even know if you like, if you don't follow any comics, you don't, you weren't following the articles and the stuff that was coming out before this crossover. You I mean, you I mean, how are you supposed to know who the anti monitor is? Like, you know, I mean, I, I knew that he was going to—I saw pictures of him, and I knew, like, the same actor was going to play him, and, like, so they they were releasing stuff, so it, it wasn't a surprise when he shows up, but, like, um, I think they kind of were—I think that was more so for the people that, you know, they assumed would—that knew, knew he was going to be in it, knew the role he was going to play in this, so— it didn't hurt it, it for me but I'd imagine if you don't know who the anti-monitor is or if you didn't know about him or you didn't know that he was in this uh, story then it was probably a little confusing as
0: were probably some other uh, you know, cameos that decided to throw in this um, I didn't think I would see a worse costume design for a main character than the, uh, the monitor and then I saw the anti-monitor man does he yeah. look awful I mean, am I my only one off with that, or, or feeling that no, way? I mean, yeah. I mean,
2: yeah.
1: I mean, he I, looks... had,
2: I had forgotten because yeah. I had saw CW had released like a poster of him. Like,
1: yeah, they they showed what he looked like before. I, I know. I yeah, for- yeah. I kind
2: of no, forgot. I, I, so I just so when I saw him, I kind of forgot. And I was like, damn, I forgot what he looked like. I just assumed. I thought it was still going to be the dude. I thought. I just thought he's going like, to look a little different. Like, I don't know if it was going to be like. I knew he was. But I I thought he was going to have like different attire. Maybe you know. You know, CGI eyes or something, but no, like they, they went full on prosthetic makeup prosthetics, it, yeah, you know, it. the whole nine. So, um, I it is bad. I'm not going to lie. Um, I think it, it, my expectations weren't high. You know, I he looks yeah. like a power ranger's villain, you know, and he, sometimes you've got, to, you've got to accept it. Uh, <laughs> he looks like a power ranger's villain, but he's stronger than Thanos. So, I don't know. Yeah, I mean,
0: he I'm looking at this Entertainment Weekly photo. I mean, that even gave it. He looks a little better in that one than what we. Yeah, maybe that's it. why I was a little surprised. I was
1: like, damn. Yeah, I mean, he looks bad. I mean, I kind of expected him to look. It, based on the photo we saw. I expect. I knew what he looked like, so I was like, he's not going to look great. So I mean, he didn't. I didn't have high expectations to begin with. Um, so so yeah, I mean, it didn't surprise me, but yeah, he lo- he he didn't look good. I mean, the monitor doesn't look good.
0: It's so bizarre because the the monitor, like, the actual anti-monitor doesn't look that much like the monitor. Like, they could have went with a totally different look. Like, I don't know why they felt like we had to make an uglier version of the monitor. Uh, that, That decision didn't seem to make much sense to me. So, that was unfortunate. The other unfortunate thing on the first episode, before we move on... Also, was uh, the only thing that I think truly, truly was a drag and truly can't say ruined the episode, but man, anytime th- this topic even came up, it was like misery was anything involving Lena Luthor. M- man, was that a drag! Man, should that not have been a part of this crossover. Another element that if you're watching this show, you don't know what the hell she's her issue is. She looks really selfish, she looks really awful, and without any context. Well, without, without with context, it's bad. We watch Supergirl. And we know why she's like that. and It was still tough to stomach that her, those like ridiculous, like unnecessary lines about every time we we understand that you hate them. But you're working to save the world. You don't have to say that every time you're on screen. You're, you're like her screen time is limited. Therefore, you got to make it count. I don't know why they felt like they needed to drive home every single time. By the way, Lena is doing everything, but she's still pissed at her team. If that's not going to result in her somehow turning her turning on them, or somehow you know screwing them in a way, because she's like, I don't care, I'm so mad at you guys, I'll even let the world burn. Like, unless if it's gonna be if it's not gonna be a plot device in any aspect, the fact that they hit us over uh, our hit us over the head with a hammer with it over and over and over again for a storyline that isn't very popular, that isn't something that people like very much. It was nauseating, it, I, and and I and you guys know I like Lena Luthor's character overall. I've defended Lena Luthor during her entire run as Supergirl. That was awful.
1: Yeah, I mean, I and you I mean you guys know if you listened to our our show before, you know, I'm not a fan at all of this Lena Luthor storyline. I've never been a fan. I'd hope that it, it would get better, and it did not, or I'd hope that it would end sooner, and it did not. So, you know it's this being Crisis did not help at all. I thought it was a, it was just a drag. It made you dislike Lena Uthor even more, which I don't think they need to do. You know, I feel like it's just you're just making this character just, and it's not like even if she gets redeemed, it's like she she won't really get redeemed. You know what I mean? It'll be like, all right, yeah, you're redeemed, I guess, but you're still kind of like not okay. You know, so it's just, I don't know. You know, they need to, they shouldn't have added this to Crisis. There's no reason to add it to Crisis. I mean that was just the quote-unquote Supergirl crisis episode. I guess you could say because it was, I guess it was technically Supergirl on in like the program menu yes. or whatever. So I guess they wanted to throw in Supergirl stuff in there, but it was just irritating, and they shouldn't have added it.
2: Uh, yeah, the Lena Luthor stuff. I, uh, you know, it's it's probably I would say it was probably the most of the three episodes you know, Supergirl, Batwoman, and Flash, that was the one that was the most uh, like, off-the-beaten-path of, like, the most off-the-beaten-path off narrative of Crisis, you know, where it's like this, this has nothing to do with anything that's Definitely. going on in this, You know, this is purely Supergirl drama, where, like, I feel like we haven't had that as much. We've had that a lot in past crossovers, but I feel like in Batwoman and in um, The Flash, we didn't get that as much. They... They were more related. Anything that was happening in those two episodes were both, were almost always related to Crisis. This, some of the drama and the narratives just had nothing to do with the the actual Crisis. It was purely Supergirl drama. But, um, I think they dropped the ball if you're going to have Lena Luthor, uh, not interact with Lex Luthor at all. Um, do we, we that, do we think that day won't happen? Yeah, maybe they will. I don't know. But, um,. I I just I don't know I don't know what Lex Luthor's fate fate is gonna be I just know that I don't think that she's gonna appear in this crossover again could be wrong about that as well but um, I feel like that was her one shot and no no FaceTime with Lex and I don't think it makes sense to have Lex I mean like you can bring Lex back I don't know what their plans are he's a great character but like I don't know if their plans include Lex Luthor uh, in the near future. So I think that was a I think that was a missed opportunity because that uh is kind of a book that they closed and they and they ended up reopening it. So I would like to have seen where that
0: could have gone. Yeah, I, I mean I think you make a great point about the the, the without without not not them not us to us the Luthor reunion. I thought that was a mistake as well. Um, let's get more of the stuff that we saw later on in this crossover. So episode two, we finally got to see Conroy's Batman. One. Man, that voice is iconic. Like you I thought, I was Batman. Yo, it's crazy. Like you look lit- when just he he talks, and I don't care what he looks like, he's Batman. Like it's yep. cra- it's crazy. And I was like closing
1: my eyes. Uh, I was like, oh, yo, am I watching know. Batman Beyond again? <laughs>
0: yeah. Like it's it's truly and 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 props to well before I give them, props to them for putting Kevin Conroy in this. How they use them, we'll get to in a second, but. If you wanted to drive home to your audience that the guy you're watching, yes, it's from a different world, but that he is Batman, you should take him as seriously as a Batman. Putting Conroy's voice on him automatically uh, uh, you know, legitimizes it. So that was an excellent decision. Um, this Batman, uh, this is interesting. So I've seen people post it on Twitter and social media, and I, I think they're right. This, to me, was a very clear nod to Zack Snyder. This, to me... So, this Batman, if you you haven't seen yet and you're watching this... I didn't even give a spoiler warning when we did this podcast. I feel like if you're listening to this, you should know we're going to talk in in depth about Crisis. This is a Crisis podcast. But, this Batman, uh, he comes out. He's old. Um... He has a, uh, a, a pretty much a full body brace, for lack of a better term. That's how he moves around. And we learn that he eventually kind of almost becomes almost like Thomas Wayne in the idea that like he, he, he ends up murdering his uh, villains or his adversaries at a certain point. Um, he is he's gone through. He tried to he tried to go through the way of the Batman of having a code and not killing anybody. And he realized that it just wasn't working. And that the only way to really truly bring uh, peace and bring stability to Gotham was to cross off his adversaries. So we learned not only that is he crossing off villains, we learned that he killed Superman. And a lot of it was kind of the same rhetoric we heard from uh, Ben Affleck's Bruce Wayne about Superman. And I did think it was kind of a neat thing when you had Luke say, hey, how do you think he got into that? body brace superman put him in it but like of course batman still came out on top which also that does solidify man they really established batman as a badass by telling that little story but again batman killing people why do people why why do they keep shoving this down our throats like to me it's another batman it's a different world i didn't have much of an issue with it because of that but i don't understand why they simply just don't give the people what they want the people who just want the, 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 the Bruce Timm Batman or just like your run-of-the-mill Batman who doesn't kill. I don't know why they seem to be still appealing to this fringe group of people who are totally fine with Batman murdering people and seeing that as their image of a live-action Batman. It seems uh, pointless. Like, I don't know what they're trying to prove. Like, they're trying to make me like something that, to me, I always will, it always will rub me the wrong way. I'm not a child. Like I'm not going to be like, oh, I hate this or whatever. Like I'm going to still give your ch- story a chance. And like I said, I think Conroy was so good that I almost was willing to forgive them. But that still was an issue for me. And the idea that they feel like they have to. I think they do this with Supergirl, too, and Superman. I feel like they go out of their way to kind of make the Superman or the Batman character so either weak or so weak-minded that it props up the character that they're putting on their show um like to me like seeing hockland get thrown around by the uh kingdom come superman and seeing him you know they're doing the the, the heat vision and he passes out before supergirl passes out it's like i get it you're trying to tell me supergirl is stronger and here it was kind of same thing it's like oh i get it you're trying to tell me that kate Kane in her heart of hearts probably is better suited as the bat and that's why she's the paradigm of uh of courage not bruce wayne i don't know that stuff is necessary
1: yeah. I mean, I mean, I agree. Um, well, I agree with you there. I don't think it is necessary at all. Like, notice how they don't do anything like that for um, for uh, Mia Smoke, just as to throw yes. an example out there, because I, I love Mia Smoke's character. She's strong. She's like she's fierce, you know, but she's not they don't do those things that to to make her like to purposefully pound you over the head to make a no she's strong and it's like no i get it she's strong you know yeah, like, to, like-, <laughs> like have her go
0: one-on-one with oliver and like him her cut the crap out of oliver just to say yeah, hey you know, like- no trust me be, you should really be this is a legitimizing character that you need to believe that is strong i don't know yeah, yeah they don't like- do that with her and i agree we both i think and kenna would agree we we take her to be a strong character
1: like yeah she's a strong <laughs> character because we obviously see she's a strong character you created this character she's strong you don't need to you know, bashes over the head with the fact that you know you want her to be stronger than the characters we already know who are not female. So it's just I don't know. So that's kind of annoying. I agree. Um, and I'm actually with you. Normally, I'm a little more forgiving when it comes to the dark Batman, because I think Batman is already very brutal, or at least my favorite interpretations of Batman are very brutal. To the they basically go to that edge point before they kill before killing, but they're just about that brutal anyway. But you know, I I agree. I, th- I felt like this Batman was very excessive. You know, it was just like, geez, I was like, like he killed Superman. He kept his glasses in a case. I'm like, really? He kept yeah. his glasses in a case. He's like, yeah, I shot him. It's like, geez, like, you know, I don't know. So I oh, yeah, this the Batman trophies things were that was a little dark. You know, that trophies. I'm like, yo, that's dark, man. This Batman is completely twisted. You know, and you know, I didn't mind Batwoman being the paragon of of. You know, I forget what paragon she was, but I don't mind her being the paragon. Yeah, courage. I don't mind her being the paragon of courage at all. Um, but I didn't like what he did with Batman. Of course, Kevin Conroy is fantastic, and I like that he actually his exosuit had kryptonite in it. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, that was awesome. Um, but you know, just in in general, just with how evil he was, I wasn't feeling it. I, I thought it was too much. I don't know why they made him so crazy, and you know, I just I don't know. It was kind of a downer for me.
2: Um. See, I think you guys, I, I I'm not, I didn't have as big a problem with it because, like, look, I'm not picky. It's the CW, and they gave me Batman. They gave me Bruce Wayne, Batman, Kevin Conroy. Like, I'm not gonna, I, I'm not gonna complain uh, too much. But even beyond that, like, I I understand that this was a parallel universe. This was, you know, and all a multiverse Batman from you know we were earth 89 so like you know i'm not like i understand this isn't the batman that we are supposed to know and look maybe it would have been great to get that batman but i don't think can you can you, you you can't tell the same story i don't think you know like they they wanted to hammer home the point that you know that kate is essentially like you said the new you know they they as the monitor coined it you know the battle of the future whatever that means it's very very vague but yeah like I'll, what like i don't know i wasn't feeling yeah, that
1: exactly. I wasn't that either you know it was
2: kind of an interesting play on words though you know they go into the future to you know earth 89 but then she's the bat of the future you know an interesting play on words but um it i don't know i just I took it as more of a you know Batman beyond you know dark Knight return style Batman that just took it a little bit too far, and you know Kevin Conroy doing the voice see the it, the thing for me is that like kevin Conroy part of, part of the reason why I also didn't have a problem is because Kevin Conroy doesn't look like Bruce Wayne, so like. I didn't have a problem with him being slightly different. Like, he already looks slightly different. So, like, now, should that matter? Should, like, if you're going to call him Bruce Wayne, he should act like Bruce Wayne? Maybe. But, like, I mean, again, he sounds like Bruce Wayne. It's it's, it's uncanny, because it's him, obviously. But um, they are already going— If you're going to cast Kevin Conroy and it not just be a voice thing, you're already going to tell a slightly different Batman story to begin with. They could have done the, the Batman Beyond thing, and that's something that I think they should consider going forward. But um, I don't think that would have fit for the story. You, there are ways you could have told it, and it's still been, you know, loyal to the, the to the original Bruce Wayne or the Bruce Wayne that we see that we see in Batman Beyond. But um, I don't have a huge problem with it. Also, especially since they were tying in that Batwoman and Supergirl relationship, that's yeah. a big part of why. They, they mm-hmm. had the whole, oh, he killed Superman. Like, they had to forge that relationship between Batwoman and Supergirl, which now, going forward, is going to be really strong,
1: which yeah. I'm and, excited for. And another yeah. thing I, I really quickly that I didn't like about Batman is I didn't like how that they killed him and how they killed him. You just pushed him and he just electrocuted and then he was just dead. I'm yeah, like, yeah, yeah, we
0: had another, uh, we had another, uh, uh, what's name? Uh, the name? Troy. Another Doctor. I mean, at, he, least, least, wearing... this was like, he, at least, this is like, this is a human. So like, yes, if they got electrocuted. He could. Yeah, die. He's, hu- he's
2: literally like wearing like you know, a uh, suit. Yeah, yeah, metal suit that like could. I mean, in theory, could that happen? You would think he would make. He would make the suit to where that can't happen, but <laughs> I don't know.
1: It yeah. seemed very easy. And like the his, visuals of it just didn't, it looked like he just fell over and then he just, ah, and then he was just down. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, his death wasn't great,
0: but because he was so, like, I was done with him. So, he was like, not bad, man. So yeah. him dying didn't care to me. Like, you know, yeah, like. I, and, didn't, I didn't care about him. I don't know if that's, that's probably not a good thing, like, that I'm giving that rope. I'm like, well, I didn't care about him, so him dying wasn't a big deal, even though the death was terrible. Um, but it's to a to fairness to, to to them. I I agree with Kendall that to me that's why it didn't bother me as much because I was done with him. I didn't. I I know if, I have no future. I, I don't have a future with him in my head in regards to wanting to see more of him or learn his story. Like I I seen enough. Now I got my taste. He's dead. Okay, fine. I don't care how they killed. Like I said, whatever. I think that they a lot of this was used because all these stories have a
2: purpose. I think the the one of the major purposes of this is, again, like I said, to forge that relationship because, you know, you needed Kara to be there and to be, needed Batman and Bruce Wayne to be antagonistic to Kara and Kate Kane to kind of be then, you know, an adversary of Bruce Wayne and have that, you know, that's a big deal for her because obviously if you watch Batwoman, you know, that's her cousin and that's a big deal for her identity is, you know, she looks up to Bruce Wayne on some level so it's a lot of it was a lot of, and by the end, and by, we get, by the time we get to episodes, you know, the end of episode two and episode three, like, the chemistry is much better between those two. Um, my question, though, is, do we think, like, is, has Berlanti given us our, because that was one episode of Batwoman, technically, has he given mm-hmm. us our Bruce Wayne fill of Bat, of Batman on Batwoman? Absolutely. Oh, like, Absolutely. Right. Like, Absolutely like, not. are we never gonna get Bruce, uh, Bruce Wayne again? Oh, are you, are you asking me if I will be satisfied with that, or if that Not is... necessarily would you be satisfied, but will like? Do you think Berlanti is done with Bruce Wayne? No. on it? I, I hope no. not. I'm worried that that they are, but I honestly don't know. I I, I just I don't, mean they gave
1: us I, they gave it. us Bruce Wayne in, in with uh, Ian Glenn's uh, Batman, and he's it, and I I think he's doing a fine job. Yeah, no, I, mean, I don't count
0: that. I mean, technically it's Bruce but I'm talking about in Batwoman specifically. So, so again, I'll I'll answer directly. No, I don't think that they when they did this Batwoman show, I don't think under any circumstances that they come under the under the impression that we would never see Bruce Wayne, barring that this season. This is a show that only lasts one season or two seasons. Like if that happens, and that's I can, then that's something they can't foresee. But assuming this is a show that has a decent run. Or at least as long as Supergirl, something like that. We absolutely are going to see Batman in in Kate's world or whatever that world's look like now that the world's all being destroyed. I assume they'll all be combined once they put this thing together. But no, Bruce Wayne, we will see a Bruce Wayne. We're not done with with that,
1: not at all. Yeah, I, I think we will as well. I just hope that they don't do the same thing they did with Superman and Supergirl, where they kind of just nerf him and make them all like kind of weaker or like lesser to Batwoman. Batman.
0: This was not a good sign. This episode, no, it wasn't. <laughs> but was I mean, I hope I hope they don't because Batman what, is supposed. To, what we see from is not a good sign. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So I don't know. The one thing, the last thing on this, I will say is I think I do agree with Kendall and why this was not as distasteful as Lena situation it is unlike the Lena situation that Shamari mentioned that had no tie at all to whatever anything they were trying to build within the uh, Crisis story. Kendall Williamson right in that this was important because. They set up the, the third episode arc of Kate, a uh, Kate and Kara, where Kate kind of taking, even though you know Bruce Wayne was killed and he's a murdering lunatic, she didn't ignore him. She, he talked about a hey, Kryptonian aliens that we have no power over. Of course, you're damn right. I have kryptonite and I'm ready to, to I'm ready for the smoke whenever it's necessary. And Kate was listening. Because then she had clip night around when Carl was like, yo man, I'm about to read this book and just bring everybody back. She's like, oh word, alright. <laughs> I got something for you. Like, and, and and that spoke to like the trust factor. And that spoke to her having to kind of weigh those two things. Like, She didn't just completely ignore her crazy cousin. She actually took his advice for a while. and then But then learned throughout the episode why she never wanted to get it. She never wanted their relationship to get to the relationship that that bruce wayne and that clark had to where they're killing each other and that's how you get that moment in the end all of it made sense it it was not unlike Lena. it wasn't random they were trying to do something which is why i give them props for that it just again i don't i don't think you needed to have a murdering batman and a lunatic to prop up kate i don't think that's necessary like i think you can prop up kate with batman just being batman he's kind of crazy already he's kind of a lunatic already you can hype up his bad traits while not making him look weak, old, or completely immoral. That's not necessary. He has flaws already. You can do those to help prop up your hero, not making them weaker. Um Ken uh, Shamari, this was a big moment in this uh it wasn't a big moment necessarily overall in the in the crossover, but it was a big moment for a lot of Smallville fans when mm-hmm. Lex in his quest to kill the Superman. And by the way, I think that this actually... Lex absolutely has been a, a very good addition to this crossover. Oh, absolutely. Um, but, I mean, Cryer is just uh, unbelievable. Lex. But um, yep. he's he, he... he Him, as part of the Monitor's plan, it was a well-executed plan. I think it was a plan that made sense. I liked what... His explanation for bringing Lex around. Um, him double-crossing them, using the book to kill all these Superman across the world. And... He pulls up on Smallville, the Smallville Superman. He pulls up on Tom yep. Welling, at the Kent Farm, at the Kent Farm, and and yeah. you know you know you know first we saw obviously it was Iris with, um with the Hocklin, uh, um Spider- Superman and Lois, but then they get disappeared and Lex shows up to try to kill him and we learn a little bit about what's Tom Welling has been doing all this time, so he is married to Lois. But we learned he's given up his powers, Jam. Yeah. So I, I, I was just
2: going to ask, you're, since you're the Smallville, you're the Smallville expert, you know, super fan, do you feel like that's consistent with that character? Do you feel like that's a consistent progression?
1: Uh, I do feel it's consistent with the character, honestly, having watched the show. I think it's very consistent with the character. Early on in the series, he didn't want the powers. He didn't like having the powers. In fact, most of the series, he complained about having the powers. He right. didn't want the powers you know but he felt like with the powers he had a responsibility to do something with it so i thought it was very very consistent with the character um is that what i wanted to see nah i wanted to see him throw down but i had a feeling that probably wasn't gonna happen so so i was satisfied with what we got i knew we weren't gonna get him for a long time you know but i was hoping we'd get him for longer than what we got but I thought they did a good job in terms of the writing of the of what they did. I thought they did a very good job, and I like that they they said that Lex was president too because that's something they hinted at mm-hmm. a lot in in this Smallville as well. Do you
0: think that that is also consistent with the Rosenbaum Lex we were not going to see? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I was just going to say. Remember, in the last
1: episode, he becomes president. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say I could have swore wow. he actually became president, or it was. Yeah. Well, and there, and
2: forward, he, or they had yeah, reaction. the
1: flash forward and all that. And they had alluded to several times in the series that he was going to become president or that that was something that may happen. So, I mean, I like I like that. I thought that was cool. I feel like Rosenbaum would have done a fantastic job if he was in the crossover. Yeah, you can tell um, his inclusion made, like, them wanting to use him made complete sense. Absolutely. That oh, would have made complete sure. sense. Yeah. I thought it would have been uh, fantastic if they had used him. Um, but, uh but yeah, so, I mean, so are, I enjoy-
0: are we supposed to assume then that this is kind of a Richard Nixon slash Robert Redford situation where Lex has been president for like 12 years? Mm,
2: the way the timeline works, I, I don't know. That's kind of how I took because it. Because Smallville, I'm, well, I'm. I, you can quote me, you don't quote me on this, but I believe Smallville they have the time jump. I want to say, like, they jumped to, like, 2012 or something like that. They jumped oh, that, to, like, a year in our oh, timeline. Because I remember the joke do. being, like, oh, Lex Luthor should be president right now or something like that. Yeah. yeah. But, so, like, in theory, I think he should still be president. Yeah. Um, although actually, that would mean that he's not, that Clark wasn't Superman for that long, because,
1: you yeah. know. Yeah, and yeah. I looked it up as well too, and actually, so it actually says he is elected president in 2018, which is funny. That's what I'm ah, saying. Yeah, okay, exactly. so I remember
2: that being a joke
0: that like, <laughs> like Luther was president. Right. But yeah. That's so that worked but, out yeah. perfectly then. Okay. I wasn't yeah. sure because I, I don't watch Smallville, so I wasn't uh, entirely sure. So that's good to know. Um, what else? What else? What else? Uh, we have Titans. Shamari's right about Titans. We did get Titans. I, I did predict that. Yeah, that's true. Yep, we saw Jason Todd. We saw, uh, we saw Hawk. Do we think there's any chance because we saw them that we will see them crossover with the CW Berlanti people somehow, some way?
1: I hope so. <laughs> Kendall says I mean, no. I, you say you hope so. I mean, I don't. I mean, if I had to bet, I would say I don't think so. But I mean, I hope. I'm wrong. <laughs> it is just interesting. I, I don't. I don't. I honestly don't know. Uh, if I had to guess,
0: I would say probably not. But. I, I did I do take note of that fact that they did, you know, they did decide to make that move. And we know the Titans aren't going nowhere. Uh that's unlike the um the John Wesley ship flash, who I think we should talk about now. Um, the fact that they're not crossed off, but he is, tells me that who may be around and what how this may all come together at some point. But yeah, that was to me I wanna get to this moment because I, I think this was the biggest moment of this series in my opinion. Um, I gotta be honest, I never would have imagined that the death of the John Wesley ship Flash would hit me more than Oliver's <laughs> death. But it did! <laughs> I it mean, like, where's the I ain't watched that show. I mean, my dad may have showed me, showed me one episode as a kid, or two episodes tops as a kid. I don't remember anything from that show. But, Yo, whoever directed that episode, um, uh, I'm trying to find a person now. Uh, 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 David McWitter and shout out to the to the writing, um, um, Lauren uh, Cido and Sterling Gates. That scene was beautiful, and then putting in the old scene of the flashback was, with him and Iris. Yeah, that, that was that Man, crush. goosebumps, man. Well, it wasn't Iris. It was Tina. Yeah, sorry, Tina. Um, <laughs> that was goosebumps, man. Like, I mean. I don't remember the last time CW has given me a moment like that, that felt that powerful, but that seemed like we knew that crisis was something that was going to be, you got to give us the moments that are worth this kind of name of a storyline. Giving us that moment almost makes up for a lot of these other errors we've talked about. That was fantastic.
1: That was fabulous. Yeah. I thought that was crazy. Um, you didn't see him on that that thing in the in the first place when they found out yeah. it was him. I didn't know who that was. I was like, Jesus, it's a speedster. Once they transferred that thing and you saw kind of a blur, I was like, Oh, they got a speedster. Okay, who's the speedster? Who is it? Is the it Kid Flash? Is it who is it? You know, I didn't know who was gonna be. <laughs> then, then it was it was him. I was like, Oh, uh, hey, yeah, I, I was pretty sure it was gonna be him
2: because there's like <laughs> there's no other like. I mean, I mean, like you said, unless it's gonna be like you
1: know the you know Impulse from Smallville, yeah, like oh, uh, Impulse, or, you right. know uh, Jesse Quick, or you right. know excess uh, I don't know. I don't know who it is. was like, who's the speedster? You know, another mystery. But I was like, oh snap, they got the first Flash. That's crazy. But yeah, that was um, that was a crazy scene. I thought that was a crazy scene. I thought I, I thought they did a lot of things well actually in that last episode. I thought the Black Lightning introduction was fantastic. I it thought they good. did that very well. Actually, I have to watch Black Lightning because I have to watch to see how they did that. But I thought they did that very well. Um I thought I, his I, I thought his the, conversation with uh, his conversation with Barry
0: also was excellent too. Yeah, that was the acting fact. between Williams and um and and Grant Gustin and I Grant thought was really Gustin. solid. Grant Gustin was great say, during the entire they, episode. They dropped
2: the ball on Black Lightning. Really? On, on in one aspect. Okay. I think I think Black Lightning should have been a paragon. Mm. I think I I think if you're not, if you're going to include him in this crossover like like I feel like it would have been interesting to have him, like, be a bigger part of it. And, I mean, I guess we we'll, we can have the discussion about the people that they chose. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I would have, I mean, you could have replaced him with Martian Manhunter. I agree. I, I think Martian Manhunter being on there is for a reason. I, yeah, I, I, I do. die or what, but, like, I think there's a reason for him. But, like, but I think Jefferson Pierce very well could have had a, a, a place on that list.
1: I think that would have. I think that would have spoken volumes. Um, I mean, I don't. I, I mean, I don't think they should have done a Young Justice and made him the made him the leader of the Justice League or nothing like right, that. Right.
2: Right. 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 You
1: know, but but you the know. Soon for that yeah. Yeah, but I mean, having him be a paragon. I mean, I think that would have been fine. Um, maybe they just didn't want to. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I kind of like that he he was included, but you know, they're giving him time to mesh with the group. This is this is his first crossover. So, I kind of like that they're kind of like, oh, okay, we needed him, he had his role, and then you know they're gonna go gonna go back to you know what the, whatever they need to do
0: you know, I kind of make the joke in the show all the time, and if Torres was there, shout out to Martin Torres here from the uh from the Throne tales podcast. but we kind of make the joke all the time that everything is wrestling, and to me, like this is like the ultimate like wrestling conundrum we have with black lightning because he's a new character that has a fan base that people are excited to finally see him cross over with the other characters. How much do you? put this new character at the top of the list, you know, like it's almost like when you have a new wrestler that has a big name that comes from another promotion, are you put him in a championship match in the first, uh, in the first time you see him, or are you letting him build up to those moments? And it can go, there are pros and cons for both things. Like I think for black lightning, like I, I, I kind of agree with Kendall. I, I lean towards man, making him a paradigm really would have made it clear to the people who watch CW I know you guys watch those other shows but they've been on for a long time, but Black Lightning is just as important, just as key, and he's just as powerful or just as um, heroic as all the other heroes. I think that would have been a message that that would have been clear and would have been uh, well-received from a lot of the fans. However, I, I think then I, I hear Shan's point, which is kind of the same thing with wrestling. It's like, okay, but well now you're throwing somebody in who hasn't really interacted with these people and does it make sense to put him in that position when we still haven't really built up his... Standing in all of this,
1: and it just putting him at the front of the line—does that is that better for him and good for him in the long run? Yeah. Though so by that same token, they did make Ryan Choi a paragon, and and I don't know I don't know what role he though. The, to to be fair, I don't know what role he has to play in the story at all. So we have yet to see yeah, that. Yeah,
2: we yeah we don't know. Um, you know. So that's it, still a mystery. Is he just to replace Ray Palmer on Legends? Like, <laughs> right. That, that would be. I mean. It would be weird to give him all this just to replace Ray Palmer. Know. You know, because Legends of Tomorrow is like their, it's their, probably their lowest tier show. So, like, to include him be random, but,
0: um, I feel like there's a bigger thing at play with, with, uh, Troy, Ryan Troy. Yeah. Well, Ryan Troy think. in the comics, he, he becomes the Adam, for those who may right. know. Yeah. Right. So, He's not just a nobody. He's nobody now, but he will be a somebody. So, yeah, I mean... But giving him all this shine, does that not seem a little, uh, extra?
2: Yes, it Like, does make a him a paragon? Yeah, it does seem But like Shamari said, why not Black Lightning, but you make Ryan Choi a paragon?
0: I don't know. I have no answer for that. I mean, I, 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 I again, if you if you ask me, I would have made Black Lightning a <laughs> paragon. Either John or Choi would not be a paragon. Um... John is great, but we've seen him now for all these seasons. Though I, I do, in the one sense, again if I think about wrestling, he kind of also reminds me of like almost like Kofi Kingston. Like he's been around right. for a while, and like he has not had anything close to that like big time like in the main <laughs> right, right, right. event type moment. And he look, he's Martian Manhunter, so I'm not going to complain too much. Yeah, and he's yeah, uh, he's, he should be in those moments. He's again, he's some Martian. people Just like have, Kofi a. should be in those moments. He's Kofi Kingston. He's a I, I've seen, guy who's I've been around for some ten people years. Will make the case
2: that. You're doing this cri- You're doing this multiverse story, but, like, we have, like, four people from Earth-1 that are Paragons. And that's a little, yeah, uh,
0: I, and, well, because Lex Luthor uh, stole a spot, and I, I did like that the Kingdom Come Superman was one of them. And I kind of, as much as I've loved Lex Luthor, I was disappointed when they took out Superman, to be honest. Because yeah. I thought that he was a, a good wild card. I think that when you had him and Ryan Choi, it's like, okay, well, these are two, two people we have not been introduced to at all. So throwing him it's almost like you know when you're watching the Royal Rumble again, wrestling, last wrestling reference. I promise, you're watching the Royal Rumble, and then like you know, the last seven are like you know two guys from NXT are in there. Like, oh, I haven't All seen right. this before. This might be interesting. Instead so of the same old, same old. So I love Lex Luthor, and he's been one of the MVPs. He may be the MVP of this crossover so far. But when they included him at the end, I was like, ugh to keep him Superman. We we've learned about him a little bit. Um, and he's an intriguing character I would love to have seen that character in the mix but then I thought at the same time do you need Supergirl and Superman on the same team I don't know I don't know if he necessarily needed that that, that makes sense um, and I, yeah. I, think they, I think that they knew that which is why they were never going to go that route
1: yeah I mean I've, I've loved the Kingdom Come Superman so far I think Brandon Routh has done a I thought I liked him as Superman in, in the movie he did so, so I think he's done a good job um, so far, and um, I know he's gonna be. Apparently, he's gonna be in the Legends next season. of Legends, when that premieres, mm-hmm. so I, I have to. Ca- we all have to catch up in Legends. I don't know what's going on with Ray Palmer. I don't know what. I thought they handled Ray in 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 the you know, Kingdom Come, Superman being on the same screen. I thought they did that really well. But I was wondering how they're gonna do that and if it was gonna be weird or if it was gonna be. But I, I actually thought they did it really, really well. So. um... And they they pretty so, yeah. much they
0: pretty much stuck to the kingdom come origin like they like you know joker being the person that killed everybody in the daily right. planet killed lois lane like all that stuff is if you read kingdom come that's what it is that's what happens so they right. deserve a massive shout out for saying that true to the comic because we you know the hourverse verse likes to take its liberties um uh, I, I mean that was our first reference to the joker that was a big deal we haven't had a joker reference this entire time during the Arrowverse. Is that true? I I'm I'm almost I'm certain we've never had Joker I'm just I don't know. I just feel like that's that seems hard to believe. I I, I would challenge I would challenge anyone who's watched every episode, of every hour of the Show, and I would say I don't think now are, I've never I've never like seen that. Legends. I haven't seen all of Legends, so Legends does you does you a lot of sneaky stuff. Three? Season four?
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: legend will be a little more bold because like nobody's paying attention so i think they have a little more liberty than actually some of the other biggest shows to do wacky stuff but i don't think we've heard a joker reference i mean i'm almost certain not in the other shows and i've watched every episode of the other shows so said, you know the clown from gotham woman. did that i was like whoa or like the the joker from whatever he wanted to use i was like oh okay like they're gonna they're really doing kingdom come storyline they're not like gonna well, do their own little version that woman
2: apparently did in the premiere which makes sense like uh i think he was the one that remember he was the one that that killed uh kate's mother and sister or that, at least oh, that oh that
0: is true you're right so i forgot about that but yeah, yeah okay so fair that's the that, that's the second reference to Joker. So I am wrong about that. So apologies to the audience. Um last thing before we get out of here, uh and and I guess do our final things on this. Uh I, I hate what they're doing. I'm now kind of coming this coming full circle with this podcast. I hate what they're doing with Oliver and Purgatory and all this stuff. I think they've kind of soiled that death. I think it's a bold see, take to I, me, I, but I, to me, like I thought that that was a powerful moment and now every episode since has been Will he or won't he be revived and it, I don't think that's a question Nobody I have really. like i don't I, I wasn't asking that question whether he revived. all of a sudden they're like all right let's can we find a Lazarus pit or okay now can we be revived him can we somehow get to his soul inside perk I'm like Look, these, they're giving me stuff I have no answers no questions about I was fine with him just dying yeah it was it is weird um but i it, to be honest if
2: you stay consistent with the story like they are right, like, look, we brought Sarah back and she's fine, so why can't we do that with Oliver? Now, in theory, why can't you do that with anybody? But, like, I understand why they're trying so hard. I think the ultimate, where they've ended up with him now becoming Spectre, you know, he has the green hood, so it's kind of like, you know, Spectre walks around with the green cape and green hood, and they, they, a lot of this has just been also, like, a way to include Matt Ryan's Constantine, which I think has been cool. Um, he also has been a good Yeah, I think he's been a very good addition. You know, we had the bizarre. I think the most bizarre cameo of the crossover has been Lucifer. You know, yeah. Who I mean, mm-hmm. guy the show on Fox, and you know, we we get we get a crossover from from him. And I had heard that he was supposed to be in it. I wasn't. I didn't know what to think about that weeks ago, but I forgot about it when he showed up. I'm like, oh, snap, that's Lucifer. But um, we did get that. But I don't know. I I think it's been fine. Real quick, champ.
1: Um. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've had, I've got kind of mixed feelings on it. I like that, you know, they brought in Diggle, um, as I mentioned before. I like Mia Smokes' uh, dedication to bringing him back. I feel like they the, they've done her character a lot of justice, and I a character I didn't think I would like actually to start off, but I actually do. So I I like that. So the character elements of it I enjoy. Um, I think it's just, I think I. I think I was liking it up until they brought him back and then he's and then this other guy, I don't know who he is, came yeah, that, that's over came that's Spectre that's Jim that's uh that's who's Jim that? Jim Harrigan, Jim I believe. Cor- Jim Corrigan, sorry.
0: Yeah. Oh, okay. He's right. the guy who's normally Spectre. Oh, I see. Oh, that's him.
1: Okay. He's passed I the,
0: he passed the power solve, which is a little weird, but
1: Ah, uh, I see. Yeah, so uh, yeah, so that all yeah, so that was that's that's a little bit weird. Um so yeah, I. I don't know. So that stuff, I'm kind of like, oh, jeez. all right, what is this? You know. So I'm starting to get it's starting to kind of toe the line where I'm like, oh, I don't know how I feel about this. But so far, I mean, I've I've been OK with it. It makes sense to me that Diggle and, and, and me, Smoke, are this dedicated to bringing him back. I like that Sarah was kind of very tentative about it. Um, but, you know, hey, I mean, I think so far with, with what they're trying to do, I haven't I've I haven't had as much of an issue with it.
0: Uh, Kendall, what's your final word on this crossover as a whole? The final word is that it's not over. So you know, I got a
2: lot of, a lot I mean, of very, very non, uh, very non-final. I know. Yeah, <laughs> we, oh, we got two Stay more tuned.
1: episodes.
2: You know, and it's not done. And they kind of ended it on a cliffhanger. So like, I, I'm excited for these last two episodes. Uh, I don't think I, I don't think I needed a month off. I think it was a little excessive, but it is what it is. You know, I feel like I'm gonna kind of forget about it. By the, time, by the time it comes up, and am like, oh, crossover's back? All right, whatever. Um, but overall, though, I think the first three episodes have been, I think, the most engaging crossover they've had on with the CW.
0: Yeah, I I, I agree with the same thing. I think that this has been the most engaging. Um, like I, we said at the top of the show, like I think Oliver is, you know, let me not Oliver, the Arrowverse is a mixed bag. I think this crossover has been a mixed bag. And um, if you're grading to the eyes T- and t's and looking at everything yes there are warts for sure but there are really really awesome moments like i said the flash moment was just completely beautiful um i thought oliver's death was beautiful albeit controversial um i think like even something we talk about like you know uh heat waves you know insertion into the story him interacting with people has been really exciting. i think cisco's been great cisco has been fantastic i mean cisco's this has been the best he's this, been in- yeah he- this, this feels like old flash cisco um, yeah. like him talking about this how, is... like, you know, he's seeing these names, monitor and anti-minor. And he's like, so just, he's like, he's yeah. like, he's like, nobody's consulting me about names and costumes yeah, costume anymore. And apparently and a, and a like that might've been one of the funniest lines of the entire, of the entire <laughs> of the crossover. So <laughs> he's been good. Um, like I, said, I think that the, the, the Kara and, and, and Batwoman stuff and how they're interacting has been good. So there's, there's good elements to this. There are things that are definitely make you roll your eyes and the cameos have been really fun. Burt Ward in episode one. Um I was surprised that they gave so much of a cameo to uh to to the huntress birds of prey. Like I knew she was gonna be in it, but so, like I didn't think so she'd lame. be one of the scenes where she's running through like yo man, my world's falling apart. I was like, wow, okay. Yeah, how many people that watch guy? that like, who are these people? A lot of, there are people who do have <laughs> no idea what that was. Like <laughs> And and to, and to be honest, when she started talking about Barbara and Dinah, like I thought, like I get why they did it because people, yeah, know like those people should names. know that they're talking about it, yeah. right? So right. I think right. I know why or, they did or, that, but I know there are people watching like I don't know what the hell is going on, but um, right. but I gotta give them shoutouts for doing that. I don't know how many more. I don't think we'll see probably any more crazy surprises, but you never know. So we got to keep I, watching. I, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think. Yep. we will. Um, and I don't think we will, so we'll see. But uh, <laughs> that's a good place to wrap this episode, guys. So I hope you guys really enjoyed crisis number one and if you didn't i i hope you enjoyed this podcast talking about it and criticizing it. and even if you like crisis i hope you enjoyed this podcast you can catch all of our shows on new generation podcast network on soundcloud itunes stitcher and tune in you can catch us on youtube new generation media make sure you uh follow us on social media We're on facebook new generation media on twitter at new generation pod on instagram at new generation podcasts shamari can be found on snapchat and instagram mc sham 22 follow me on instagram action ej on twitter ej underscore stewart thank you guys so much for listening hope you guys enjoyed this podcast with shamari Fikendo, i'm ej peace